Hello, everybody, and welcome to Toddler Purgatory. I'm Molly. Hey, hey, I'm Blair. Most of you folks know this, but Blair and I come from the acting world, and we often do, you know, funny commercials and funny shows and funny things. Funny things. Sometimes we do dramatic things, too. But we kind of are wheelhouse our bread and butter is comedy things and we have found in our lives that sometimes that can help in motherhood and sometimes my son hates my humor (laughs) ain't that the truth and i'm like how dare how how dare you don't you know that i get paid for the joy and the laughs that i bring to the world and these children look at me like to whom who is this world that you speak of mom it's the same world that loves it when I sing, what's his name? John Batiste at the top of my lungs in the front seat. And my son says, no, singing from the back seat. Uh, how dare you? So we decided that we are not going to take it anymore. Our children don't know what they're talking about. The end. The end. We've had it. We've had it. And we are going to talk to some friends today who are fellow Funny people. Funny people. And who also happen to be funny, hilarious, wonderful parents. Mm-hmm. Two moms we're going to be talking to who also come from the comedy and theater world and and are now living their best lives as moms. And we're going to hear how their humor has helped or perhaps not helped, as in our situation, their lives as moms. Our first guest started a career in comedy in 2006 at the Upright Citizens Brigade the UCB theater, having finally figured out that she wasn't so good at musical theater. Oh, contraire, mon frere. We will talk contraire, about that. Contraire, mon frere. We will talk about that in a minute. Got the comedy for it, but not necessarily the belting voice for it. Blair, let me tell you something. I'm going to tell you something in a minute, because now I'm mad. Okay. But I'm going to talk about it in a second. <gasps> she taught, performed, wrote, and directed all around that joint for a dozen years. She dabbled in TV and internet humor content, but is best known for a Chuck E. Cheese commercial in which she played a mother of two preteens. <laughs> That's right, girl! One of whom barfed pepperoni pizza all over the place because he refused to use the spit bucket. No! Spit bucket is a big deal in commercials, everybody. No! You have to spit. And he barfed everywhere. Oh, my. Because when you do a commercial with food, you think, oh, I like this food. I can do this. I can do this. It's delicious. Mm Mm-mm. 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 Uh, Kate got married and had two babies and now works full-time as a vending machine for them. Please welcome to the show, <laughs> Kate Zelensky. Hi, Kate. Hey, Kate. Hi, guys. How are you? I'm good. Thank you for having me on. Of course. Thank you for being here. Wait, Kate, we have to talk about this whole puking thing right quick. So this child was just eating, eating, eating pizza. He told me, he said, my superpower is I can eat pizza, you know, I can eat the most pizza in the whole world. And, and, you know, of course, like his parents are required to be on set. He's like eight, nine, maybe, maybe 10 or something. And I've got these two kids and like a real stone cold fox, like 45 year old husband. And I'm 25. And I'm like, I have a 12 and a 10 year old in this world. Oh, that is TV. That is, that is TV. Yeah. This guy's got a young trophy wife who just like popped out to Irish twins. But so, and he like, he's like, yeah, I'm the world's best pizza eater. And like, I was like, this is not going to end well. And we're all sitting at a booth and it had been six hours and everyone's using their spit bucket and he's just chowing this greasy, no, no nutrition, like junk pizza from Chuck 
E. Cheese. And it <gasps> was like the movie, uh, what's that called? The Exorcist. Uh, so, of course, he had to be replaced and we had to do a day of reshoots. No. No, wait, they had to replace him? Because we still had hours to go and the kid was <gasps> out. Like, he was down for the count. He was sick. He had to leave. It was my very first commercial gig, too. My very, very first one. Get all of the way out. I would have quit that day. If it hadn't been my first job, yeah. I would have walked. I would have walked and been like, call my agent. Bye-bye. Like, no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. And this is, of course, when I am so childless. I am five years from having, you know, a child. I am, you know, so I have, like, you know, like, this was all, like, Completely new territory. Yeah, no, mm-mm, nope. Like I was like, oh, maybe this kid can eat pizza <laughs> all day. Maybe that's something kids can do. Kids are so versatile. And of course, all I heard when you started telling that story was, oh, you got paid for reshoots. Good for you. Yeah, <laughs> that's it. Honestly, that is true. I know they were mad about that. That is so insane. Sorry, I just had to get like the dates on that one. No, and I do need to go back to this thing about figuring out she wasn't good in musical theater, Kate. Zelensky, Molly, <laughs> here it comes. And if you think I'm not going to put the link in the show notes, you're kidding yourself. Okay, just this is the last minute of our friendship for our whole lives. No. So just enjoy it. <laughs> all right, all right. I won't put the link in the in the show notes. Yes, I will. But one time, how did we even? I can't remember. We were chatting. So I may have mentioned on the pod before that I have a really supportive text group called the Mamas. Very original, I know. Back off. <laughs> and. The mama, but we do spell it M-O-M-M-A-S, so. There you go. So it's unique. It's unique. Yeah, it's pretty unique. But um, we all got together and started texting each other when we were all, you know, between four and six months pregnant or something, and we all performed at the UCB, the Upright Citizens Brigade that Kate mentioned in her bio, and we figured out we were all pregnant at the same time and just formed this, dare I say, lifelong bond through all of the rest of pregnancy. Which you are now risking right now. <laughs> Which I'm risking right now by mentioning the following story. No, tell everyone what we call ourselves, the sisterhood of the maternity pants. <laughs> oh, the traveling maternity pants, yes. Maternity pants. Totally. It's pretty great. And sometimes days go by and we don't text. And then other days I'll walk away from my phone for a half an hour and come back and have 47 new texts yes. because like some funny bit is going on or whatever. But Kate had actually a really sort of wonderful musical theater career and may one day go back to it. Her life's not over. I'm not eulogizing her. <laughs> but... uh but before she kind of got into comedy. They don't make enough pancake makeup <laughs> at this point. Yes. But she was, weren't you also about 25 when you were asked to step in as Grizabella the Glamour Cat? I was 22. 20? I was doing a sit down in the Midwest of Cats and I was playing a dancing role because that's what I did. And like this young... Uh, bomb ballerina, right? Uh, bomb ballerina, right. Who's kind of mm. the saucy one of the gang. You know, just kicking your legs and then you get to, you know, leave the stage. And they fired the Grisabella and they called me up and I, we hadn't even known she'd been fired. And the owner of the theater's there, the producer, everyone is there. And I see like the sheet music and I was like, oh, God, no. <laughs> and they had me sing the song. And the first time through, I missed the big note. And they were like, just breathe and try it again. And then I like hit it. And little did I know, the entire, every bois in the cast, every dancer bois was like, down the stairs like listening and when I like hit it like this rush of fabulous fit gorgeous like dancers come up and they're like ah, yeah. and so, they had me take the role and it was like it was so dumb it for was- those who don't know Grizabella is the, the cat that says sings memory 
Memory. Memory. Memory, Grandma. No, that's great. Uh, so, yeah, she's saying memories? Memory? Fully a grandma on death's door. <laughs> yeah, who's also a grandma. She's fully in her 60s to 70s. Literally. And, uh, yeah, practically. I mean, literally walking, walk, walking to heaven's door. Yeah. You know what? Listen, so now she has this wonderful role as a human vending machine to these really good friends with my kid and soon to be good friends with Blair's kids. I can already feel it. So we just wanted to ask Kate a little bit. You know, I've been reading on articles recently about how important humor is to parenting, how important humor is to mothering. And can you tell us a little bit about, in your experience, as such an incredible hands-on mom, I can attest to this fact, how important is humor in your parenting and, and how you speak to and deal with your children? I, you know, honestly, I think that my training and that what I learned about myself as a comedian mm. was mostly humor towards yourself. That is, I think, the best weapon. You learn not to take yourself seriously. And something that I employed a lot of my professional humor was self-deprecation, not degradation, but like a gentle like self. I can tease myself. I can poke fun <laughs> at myself. I can laugh at myself. And when you're a parent and you're messing up all the time, or you just you know, you put the milk in the cabinet and the cereal in the refrigerator and don't realize that for like six and a half hours. And then you're back at the store, you know, like because you've lost your brain or, and you make mistakes or you look a mess, you know, and it's like, you can be more forgiving because let's find something to laugh about that. So that's where humor I think is the most important because I am on a razor's edge of my patients a lot of the time because my little is not yet two, but knocking on that door. And so that is helpful. Now with the children, you know, I'm a stay-at-home parent and that makes me the person who is doling out the discipline, doing the, you have to finish this lesson or you, you must <laughs> clean this room or there are no more snacks today, which I threaten that all the time. There is always snacks. <laughs> Dinner is just a buffet of animal crackers and cheeses. There you go. I know you're not going to eat anything. Mm -hmm. Whereas my husband gets to be the fun parent and he's energetic <laughs> yes. and creative. And like, I'm like, Oh, we want to have fun. How yes. about a puzzle? And he's ah, like, ah. let's get the blasters out. It's a raid storm and have a war. You know? So when I do try to, you know, when I do get to actually have those rare moments of like, Oh, this is just enjoyment. I really do like having little nonsense games and inside jokes with the kids, you know, trying to keep it light. It's so funny that you say that too, because I feel the exact same way where I'm just like, I'm the punisher of the family. So that when I am funny and my kids don't laugh, I'm like, y'all know I do this for like a living, right? And they're like, what, whatever. <laughs> sure. Right, mom. Yeah. <laughs> but it's like, I have to like breathe and say, but we have these things that we share, these funny moments, these funny, th like me and my three-year-old, my youngest, we do this thing now where she like kisses me on my lips and then we just like wipe it and we say gross. <laughs> yeah. And it's yeah. like, it's things like that where I'm like, oh, she doesn't think I'm funny or she doesn't, you know, whatever. She, she don't like me, which is sometimes true. But it's like sure. this moments like that. That's funny that we have, right? Yes. And like, I remember the first time that my older one, who is now almost six, asked me to teach her a joke. Mm. I was driving her to school and I was like, okay, I think, and of course when someone's like, think of a joke, yeah. unless you're Josh Patton, you like can't, can't, can't do it. Jokes. Can't do it. Yeah. But, so I was like, okay. And I honestly, I don't even know where this is probably from a popsicle stick. And I was like, okay, you ask someone, what's a snake's favorite subject in school? And then that person will say, what? And you say, it's history. And <laughs> she like was like, I don't get it. And I was, like, I was like, of course you don't get it. You're four. You don't go to history. So I tried to explain it. 
And then <laughs> oh, and yeah. I'm like defending oh. myself. I'm like, I will not bomb. I will not bomb in this RAV4 hybrid. <laughs> like I have, <laughs> I played Caroline's. So I will not bomb here. Um, and I was like, well, you tell me a joke and you guys know what four-year-old jokes are like. <laughs> I mean, it's just a rambling nonsense mix of nouns. Like, and she's just busting up at herself in the back. And I thought it would be really funny when she got to the end for me to be like, I don't get it. And I did. And I did that. And she was like, I saw in the rearview mirror, it was like the most crestfallen face. And I was like, oh, I mean, because I was driving, tell it again. And so she like told it again, like another four and a half minutes. And I was like, ah. But now that she is almost six, and I'm sure that your guys' kids who are around those ages as well, Uh everything is the potty humor. The potty is. Like we went and saw Minions, uh, the new Minions movie yesterday, and it gets a five star review we because there were two bum bums that were shown and at least three toot jokes, and so that's a five out of five. We'll recommend from from my daughter. Yes, but so if I really want to get her laughing, same, we have to make a U turn when we come home from her school or something. And we always get to that light. And she's like, but we passed our house. I'm like, oh, that's because we're not going home. She'll go, where are we going? And I'll say, we're going to the stinky diaper cafe where the (laughs) menu is stinky diapers. And she goes, no, mama, no. And I'll say, I'm just kidding. And I'll say, I'm just kidding. No, no, no. We're going to the broccoli ice cream, stinky sock Sunday store. And she goes, no, mama, no. So it's like, if I want to kill. Well, that's a good joke. That's That's a good bit. Yeah. Oh, it's a good, yeah. If I want to kill, you bring out the poo-poo, you bring out the toots, you bring out the, yeah. Broccoli ice cream. It was like a broccoli, broccoli ice cream. Broccoli is like, she's terrified of broccoli. (laughs) So anything that's PU stinky and like, you're going to get a standing O. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Now, what is, what would you say is the funniest thing your kids have ever done? I know your youngest is barely two or or just turned two or turning two. Well, yeah, the younger one is hysterical. So he started walking at nine months, which I heard usually boys don't start walking until they're like three and a half. So I was devastated when that happened because I thought I was going to sit and nurse for another like 10 months or something and like have, you know, a great time playing Candyland with one hand, nursing with the other, you know, blah, blah, blah. And so, but anyway, he started walking. So he's this incredibly physically capable young child. And I think it helps that he has this certain thing that has a medical name, but he's very bow legged and that has to be revisited when he's three, but he's got a wide stance, you know, like a tri, he's like a tripod. So he's so physically capable. So anyway, we have stomp rockets. Everyone knows what stomp rockets are. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Love those. He learned how to get the stomp rocket on. He finally got strong enough to make it go. And so then stupidly, cause I'm new, I didn't buy a second set of stomp rockets. Cause I was like, well, they can mm. share. You know, it's like, what? I I know, I swear. I mean, I was so dumb. So one day we're out and I was like, let's play Stomp Rockets. We can take turns, you know. So big one is about to have a turn and little sprints and jumps on the thing and takes her turn. Devastation, (laughs) Devastation nation. And I'm like, okay, blah, 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 reset. I was like, okay, little, it's big's turn. And so she loads up. And she gets way, way back. She's going to make a running jump and just show us all what it's all about. And as soon as she starts backing up, <laughs> Little runs up to the stomp rocket, takes the rocket off the thing and runs away. And I, <laughs> my daughter's immediately in tears, chasing after him, screaming at the top of their lungs. I am bent over, like laughing, cry laughing. It was the 
funniest thing I'd ever seen. It was like Laurel and Hardy or like the three students. <laughs> like his physical comedy is it's amazing. And I thought it was the funniest thing I'd ever seen. Like he problem solved. He's like, okay, you know, All like, right. okay, like not my turn. Now it's no one's turn. <laughs> <laughs> no one's going to have a turn. That is so. And I felt bad because what happens when your child sees you laughing at their expense, they cry harder. Like it's so, right. yeah. And I, I yeah. couldn't stop. I couldn't stop. I couldn't breathe. <laughs> Well, that's it. That's an interesting point, because we do talk about how or, you know, part of this is like having a sense of humor. Like you said, Kate, I love the advice that you gave about like really turn that sense of humor on yourself first, mm-hmm. really put it in perspective. Mm-hmm. One thing I always say is, what am I going to remember about this in 10 years? Like probably nothing. <laughs> so like, who cares if your hair is messy? By the way, we went to Minions today. My hair was insane. <laughs> but yeah, keeping that perspective, that comedic perspective is so true, but it can bite you in the behind in the well-timed behind (laughs) because we see things as adults that kids do not yet see as funny. Yes. Yes. And it's much harder. They're much more critical on themselves and they're much like, they don't get it yet. And that happens to me all the time. I like, and I, even when I try to make light of something and I say to my son, ah, who cares? And he'll look at me with the most beautiful eyes and say, I do. (laughs) You're like, well, add it to the therapy list. I'm out, dude. Figure it out. I'm tired. So it's tough. It is tough for sure. Yeah. And, you know, and it's tough for them too. Like, you know, I mean, I always, I try to have a lot of patience because, you know, I realize when I finally realized that, you know, like I make the joke about being a vending machine, but children have no autonomy. Like if I am hungry, I can take my money and I can get in my car and I can go get anything I want in the entire world to eat. But if my daughter is thirsty, she cannot reach the cups or the faucet to even get herself tap water. Right. And it's like, when you realize how frustrating it must be, not even like not being able to even quench your thirst without asking someone to help you, like that's gotta be tough, you know? And so that kind of gave me a little bit more, like I am at my wits and you're mad at dinosaurs because they're extinct. And that means that there have to be tears at, you know, at seven in the morning when we're trying to get out the door. Sure. Uh Uh-huh. Logical. I know I don't understand this, but okay. Like, like Molly, like you were saying before, like I will reflect your feelings. I am, that is not my forte, but I'm trying to get better at it. You know, yes, because right. I, I'll just be like, you can't be mad at dinosaurs. First of all, because every kid has to like dinosaurs because that's what school <laughs> taught me. I cannot tell you how to do the simplest algebraic equation, but I can name 17 dinosaurs and tell you what they all eat. <laughs> yes. It's like, you can't hate them because they're extinct. You have to love them more, you know, <laughs> but no, because they're extinct. My big one gave up on them. She didn't like them anymore. She's mad at them. Mm. Yeah. But that's hilarious. And if you laugh, you know, you're going to make them, you know, even sadder about the whole dinosaurs are gone. <laughs> you know, that's interesting. Maybe it is about know your audience. So keep your sense as a mom, as a caretaker, as a dad, as a grandparent, keep your sense of humor about situations, but recognize that your audience doesn't have the life experience yeah. that you do. Yeah. And you might have to, as Kate, you did with the, uh, I don't get it bit, which is very funny. Uh, you might have to backtrack a little bit. Mm-hmm. I find myself backtracking all the time. Yeah. And I see comedic rhythms because of my training in comedy that you might not see otherwise. And I'm like, oh, that's good. And he just looks crestfallen. And then when they're real little, like where you've got one that's real little, you never know what's going to tickle them. Never. And so you got to also be careful with how <laughs> this is this is the level of commitment I have to parenting. You have to be very careful of how much 
effort you put into making them laugh, because if that one thing that hits takes a lot of effort, you know, you're going to have to do it 60 million times. Buckle up. You just got to start like, you know, like how much effort am I willing to put in for the next like <laughs> six months of my life? Start oh, with yeah. a minimal amount of effort. Like I learned that when I do this, see, I'm flaring my nostrils. Oh, yeah. Kate's, Kate's flaring her nostrils. It's very subtle, but I can see how it would be funny. Cracks them up. And I can do that with my feet on one porch chair, my detail <laughs> on another porch chair, and the world's biggest vodka soda in my hand. That so is wearing nostrils is, is my new bit. It's my opener. It's my middle. It's my closer. Yes. <laughs> like, and, and she's done. Bedtime. <laughs> but like, if you're like, if you like do a cartwheel and then like pretend to fall into the kiddie pool, forget it, you know, and then they want you to do it again. Forget like it. then you're that's, you know, you have really stepped in it then like not good. So don't my advice parents is don't put too much effort into trying to make your kids laugh. Get the minimal amount. <laughs> Beautiful. That is the very best advice. And I wish that I had known that the first round because man, oh man, I tried real hard and I was tired. Yeah. Most of yeah. the time. Yeah. Yeah, when you get to two and you like realize like how much of a 100% parent you were able to be for your first <laughs> and then you watch it like the absolute like. It's not even under the barrel. It's like, where is it? We don't know. It's 10 miles from the barrel factory. Like, you know, you, <laughs> you just like with my little who's at his grandparents this weekend. Hallelujah. Although I did smell his blanket before I went to bed last night. I had like oh, my cat's cup of tea did. and I went into this room and like smelled his blanket. Like of text message my husband who was at work. Did. And I was like, I did something bad. I am to go. But like we're having a reset for the siblings because it's been a little trying lately. So he's getting a whole weekend of attention with grandparents and my husband's working all weekend. He, he's an ER doctor. So he's home like an hour a day. And I'm having this special gals weekend, like minions yesterday, followed by our favorite Chinese restaurant, like tic-tac-toe on the kids menu instead of me, you know, dealing with the fact that little has just poured a whole lemonade on his head. You know, like she has my attention today. We went swimming we went, she's taking her tooth fairy money and her collected coins and got to pick something out at the store. Uh, we picked up sandwiches and it's just us. And, you know, oh, yeah. it's, it's, yeah. And like, nobody's touching anyone else in the backseat and nobody got one more animal cracker than the other one. And it's Oof, a nice oh, yeah. break for everyone. And it like brought me back to those first couple of years with the big yeah. Of, it was just us against the world. And I had all the time in the world to give to her. And now that they've multiplied, you know, you're <laughs> <laughs> like many like Ewoks, not Ewoks, gremlins. I said Ewoks, but I meant gremlins. Gremlins. <laughs> we know what yeah. we're going to say goodbye to Kate. Thank you so much for being here. But listen, I want to tell you, I want to leave everybody with this morsel, which I love, which is take a lesson from moms who have more than one. <laughs> And just manage the amount of effort you put into your comedic bits early on so they don't expect it from then on. Because a nostril flare a day will keep these sad things keep. away. We'll keep the need for an extra visit to the therapist away. <laughs> yes. <laughs> there thank you, go. you. There you go. Kate, thank there you, you go. so much. Kate Zielinski. Ladies, you are beautiful and fabulous. And I love it. Thank you for letting me crack. Thank you for being here, honey. Thank you, thank you, thank you. We'll be right back with more Toddler Purgatory. When you bring your child home for the first time, you want a baby monitor you can trust. 
When you choose Stork, you choose technology trusted to monitor 10 million babies in hospitals every year. Stork continuously tracks your baby's pulse rate, oxygen saturation, and temperature. Visit MassimoStork.com to learn more. Stork, a revolutionary baby monitor, is born. Stork is not a medical device. Read and understand all product labeling. Massimo data on file. Hey there, I'm Debbie Reber, the founder of Tilt Parenting and the author of the book, Differently Wired. The mission of Tilt is to change the way neurodivergence, whether that's having a learning disability, having ADHD, being gifted, autistic, or some combination of all of the above, is perceived and experienced so differently wired kids and the parents like us raising them can truly thrive. On the Tilt Parenting Podcast, I get to talk with authors, therapists, educators, and parenting experts who are committed to this mission. I ask the questions my listeners are most curious about when it comes to supporting our kids. And in turn, my guests share strategies for challenges, out-of-the-box ideas for navigating school, best practices for therapies, tips for advocating, and so many thoughtful insights on what it really takes to help our kids grow up feeling seen and respected so they can create awesome lives for themselves. I know that raising a differently wired kid can feel overwhelming and isolating, but I promise you, you are not alone and it can feel so much better. If you're on this parenting journey, come listen to Tilt Parenting. Together, we can shift this paradigm and show up for our exceptional kids with hope, possibility, and joy. Hey, everybody, we're back. Ah, so nice to talk to Kate. Ah, what a sweetheart. And also, don't you like miss your friends? I miss my friends. Molly, here's the thing, though. It is lovely to like get to know your friends oh <gasps> that's nice and then to like have this communal kumbaya yeah with someone who's just as funny as us <laughs> 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 well the fun thing is the next person we're going to talk to is a favorite of both of ours so hey, that's hey, actually hey. kind of fun hey 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 blair and i have a really fun i want to say co-worker because as actors you rarely get to have co-workers True. like I worked for a long time in the corporate offices of Tommy Hilfiger, and one of the things that I miss the most is coworkers. They used to call it like coworkers, like water yes. cooler chat, yeah, shooting the breeze mm. with your friends mm-hmm. between working on projects or whatever, and just having work friends. So, like, to have people in this industry, which can be a bit of a tough industry, to have people that you know, you trust, you are so happy and relieved to see them in an audition room or even if it's a Zoom audition room, which is like our reality now, which is bizarre, is awesome. And this is definitely one of those people. Cody Lindquist is an actress, voiceover actress, and comedian. She's the co-host of the podcast, and which is also a live show in New York City, Two Beers In, a tipsy political roundtable. She's smart. She's so smart. She wicked smart. And she's the mom of two tiny teeny tiny New Yorkers who we love. Please welcome to the show, Cody Lindquist. Hi, Codes. Oh my gosh, guys. Can we all work together soon? Yes, please. <laughs> Why the three of us not work together? That feels like a real, real tragedy. I also would love to work at Tommy Hilfiger with you and get the discount. <laughs> <laughs> Let's welcome Cody Lindquist to the show. <laughs> I love it. Oh, so happy to be here. This also makes me feel like Cody, for instance, I wish we had a whole show with you. I wish we had a whole show with Kate. Yeah. I wish we had a whole show with yeah. like people yeah. because it's so fun to talk to like-minded moms, like or not even moms, but people. 
but it just is so easy. You're such a great guest. So thanks for being here. I know we haven't really started yet, per se. But moms, let's be honest. Moms rule the world. For yeah, sure. we rule the we world. Do. Moms. Moms. <laughs> That Beyonce song. <laughs> yes. Who run the world? Moms. Moms. I think that was the first draft and her studio was like, ah. Yeah, they were like, we think it should be girls. Yeah. Okay. Cody, being a funny person and being married to a very funny person, two incredible right. comedians and actors. So her husband, Charlie, runs this thing you guys may have heard of called Improv Everywhere. And Cody is a huge part of that as well. And they go to different corporations and do flash mobs and one of their most famous things is called no pants on the subway which started how long ago was that codes 20 years ago i mean i made up 20 oh 20 years ago yeah yeah before my time (laughs) and it became this huge cultural thing which is awesome but yeah you have a definitely had a big early youtuber my husband was and a whole career out of making like these really funny fun surprise delightful experiences and And how do you think codes in your family that your sort of natural sense of humor, but also like your skill as a professional comedian and co- and your husband's as well. How do you think that has added or taken away? Is there sometimes where it's maybe not the best thing in your family life? <laughs> Here's the question. If you ask my eight-year-old if I'm funny or his dad is funny, he would be like, no, no, they're not. I think, look, going through life and parenting, obviously, if you have a sense of humor about things. It makes everything better, makes it easier, makes everything to go around little, you know, you can deal with stuff more lightheartedly. I think I wasn't quite prepared for my children to be funny. (laughs) And they're very funny. (laughs) I don't know why. Just like, oh, wait, you're like us? This feels too much. Yeah, wait, I'm sorry. We're funny. And then my son will be like, that's not funny. I'll be like, I know comedy. (laughs) Anyway, he's our toughest critic. But one of the things I find really funny about, so my husband, you know, has almost 2 million followers on YouTube. And so my son will be like, no, 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 like YouTube, like you don't play video games on YouTube. Like they think that YouTube is only people who play video games. Oh, because they watch those videos of people. Yes. Yeah. So when my son will tell like his friends or something, well, my dad makes videos for YouTube. They're like, um, he's PewDiePie (laughs) or some gamer. I don't even know what their names are. So that's kind of funny. It's like (laughs) they just have a different perspective on it. But yeah. What are some of the funniest things your kids have done? What really tickles you about their humor? Well, my older sons, I have two sons, they're four and eight. And, you know, when they were younger, they were, they were pretty funny, but not, I wouldn't say trying to be funny. But there's been a real turn in the last year and a half with my eight year old who is now a class clown. We had, we had a parent teacher conference and I was just floored. They were like, oh, that Charles, he's so funny. I was like, what? <laughs> my, my son? What do you mean? I'm sorry. What? I don't know why it's so shocking. It's like if you're a scientist finding out that your son is really good at science, but it's just like, uh, whoa, 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 hold up. But I went to bring recently, he had a birthday and I brought cupcakes to his class and everyone was singing happy birthday. And they do that thing where like, are you one? Are you two? And they get to eight and he goes, I'm not eight. I'm 21 and I can drink beer. (laughs) Oh my gosh. What? What is happening? You know, because he's trying to make his of course classmates laugh. I was like, oh, no. Oh, no. It's inappropriate, too. Apparently, he's an inappropriate comedian. <laughs> That's the best kind of my So opinion. funny. 
So that's the very best kind. It was. I was also very unprepared at how much kids love to talk about going to the bathroom and how funny they think it is. I We yeah. were just talking about that with Kate. Same thing. Pee-pee, poo-poo humor. I am not into that. And I'm all I'm hearing is butts. It's all butts. It's all poop. <laughs> and I used to, when we did sketch comedy at the Upright Citizens Brigade Theater, like somebody would come in and they would have, or I directed, or I was in a sketch and it would all, you know, somebody would have some sort of poop joke. I'd be like, this isn't funny and I'm not doing this. And so a lot of people have found some real comfort in the fact that I have to talk about poop now that I have children. Oh, they're like coming at you. It's been a, it's done a, a real 180 turn. Yeah. For me. It's so funny. When my son, he's like in it right now. It's like everything is like, you know, knock, knock, who's there? Poo poo. I'm like, it. and I'll say to him, I'll be like, dude, some things that you say about poopers, like kind of funny, you know, like some things. So it's like when you talk about it all the time, it's like you kind of ruin the joke. You kind of <laughs> kill the vibe of the joke. And he's just like, he's like, I don't know. Jeff Foxworthy only does one kind of humor and that kills with a certain audience. So is it really <laughs> bad? He's like, you don't get it. He's like me and my friends. We laugh all day long about poo poo and pee pee. Well, also, it's like describing to them like. Hey, I think some things are kind of funny, but you can't say that in front of your grandmother. You know, <laughs> she doesn't think that's funny. Uh, yes, that's a good point. Because like, we don't mind. I don't want it at the dinner table. I don't think you should say it at school. I think he needs to respect his elders. But like today, uh, we went to see the Minions movie. And on the way home, we had a quote unquote spelling bee. And all the words, and I initiated this. And all the words <laughs> were scatological humor. I was like, great. Word number one, poo-poo, go. And he's like, P-O-O, P-O-O. And I was like, great, pee-pee, go. <laughs> Got him with butt. Thought it had one T. What a dummy. It has two. So, <laughs> so like, I maybe am not the best person to be talking to you guys because you guys clearly are much more mature about this than I am. <laughs> oh, no, no. I'm not mature in any way about it. But, yeah, they definitely do some inappropriate things. We do knock-knock jokes in my four-year-old like, we're like, knock, knock, who's there? You know, and then we started doing these rhymes like that were separate. So we would do knock, knock jokes with my older one. And we do rhymes like, guess what, chicken butt, you know, that kind of thing. So now my four year old has combined it. So he'll <laughs> yeah. say, knock, knock, who's there? I stole your pen. Yes! And it makes no sense. But he thinks it's so funny. Because I think it was guess when I stole your pen. And now it's knock, knock, I stole your pen. And we laugh so hard at that that now he just thinks that in itself is funny yeah it's funny in our family but it makes no sense you're like this child has no understanding of <laughs> knock knock jokes or rhyming it's a shame his parents are so funny and yes. he is not <laughs> <laughs> this guy's a real dud another thing that i did not understand was that not all children oh yes. get sarcasm so we are sarcastic in our family, very sarcastic. You can't be a comedian without being sarcastic. <laughs> but when I am the same level of sarcastic to certain uh, ones of my children's friends, they're like, what? What? I don't. What? And then I'm realizing, oh, gosh, is this an innate thing that my children have always understood because it's in them? Or is it a learned behavior? I don't know. I don't I know. know. I can't tell. But a lot of the friends think that I'm telling the truth when I say, oh, yeah, we're leaving right now and we're getting in a helicopter and we're flying to the Statue of Liberty. And from there, we're going to the moon. And they're like, really? Really? You can really do that? 
I'm like, no, it's I'm being sarcastic, obviously. Like, what? Would you say that's one of the few downsides to being a like funny parents is that you guys are have humor as such a whether it be sarcasm or whether it be self-deprecation or whether it be silly rhymes always in your home. And so then when your kids or you deal with people who don't maybe don't have that level of humor in their home all the time, it doesn't make you feel bad or like, are there any downsides to having kind of a humorous household? I feel bad for those kids that don't have the humor in <laughs> their right. house. Yeah. I mean, well, I think it's sort of hard having your job being a comedian when you meet parents on the playground. They're like, oh, oh really? So, what have I seen you in? Must be, tell me a joke. Must have been crazy. Yeah. <laughs> tell <laughs> you a joke. Oh, oh, I had a dime for every time I had to tell a joke. I'd be a vaudeville comedian. Yeah. So, yeah. No, it's definitely like we speak a certain language and not everybody else speaks that language. <laughs> you have to remember that that language doesn't always translate to other people. So, yeah, it's definitely something that is a little bit hard. But I don't know if it's hard so much as just something to think about and try to remember. And I also, I think sarcasm and that kind of comedy is a different level of like intelligence. So I think it's a good like kind of, you know, it's like lying too. Lying is actually really a good thing, good for your children when they <laughs> go through that age where they're, I mean, it's not good. You shouldn't lie. <laughs> but learning how to lie and the correct lie is and the the correct sarcasm these are like signs of an advanced brain so true i think it's good to spread that around the playground and i don't know if these other parents agree with me but you know what i'm teaching your children how to lie and be sarcastic so my son tries to be (laughs) you're welcome there'll be a hit at the party that my son is bringing beer to you're welcome (laughs) oh gosh when he's he's eight oh no um sometimes my son tries to be sarcastic and he'll be like He'll get the face in the hands, but he'll just say something that's true. Like, I'll be like, oh, do you want a popsicle? Yes, I'd love one. Thank you. And I was like, wait, you don't want one? And he goes, no, I I do. I do want one. I do. No, I was being totally serious. I just gave you a sarcastic face. So I'm being funny. I was being funny. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I need to simmer down on my sarcasm. I was just going to say that I love how our kids just think that like whatever they say is like very funny and whatever we're presenting to them is either not funny or not the way that the world works. And you should get up on it, mom. This is really how it's done. I don't want to be like a Bill Maher who's like, these kids today don't understand what's funny. (laughs) Right. Totally. Totally. Yeah. In my day, we did comedy this way, you know? So I try to listen and be like, okay, thank you so much. It just sounds like every elderly white man who can't move on, you know, Um, (laughs) who can't accept the next generation's comedy. Yeah, you know, it's like if something isn't funny, it's because the young people don't understand humor and not that you just aren't funny. Maybe <laughs> it could be that. Anyway, my point is I try to like keep up on the times. Yeah. I know if my yes. kid says something's funny or you don't understand, I'm like, okay, explain to me. <laughs> Maybe do, he's right. Do, do tell. Yeah. Do tell. What is the TikToks doing these days? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I know. Do you have any last words kind of of advice, but also just kind of reaching out to parents who may be feeling not funny? (laughs) Yeah. But to be honest with you, like that, it's hard to be funny in times like these. Oh, like it's real hard, isn't it? 
It is so hard to be funny. But at the end of the day, I think it's just follow your kids' leads. Like they're naturally funny. Kids are funny. They say funny things. They want to laugh. You know, part of like, part of, I think a lot of kids having anxiety and stuff like that is like, we're missing the part where we're just supposed to kind of make things a little more lighthearted for them. You can tell kids truths. You can tell them truths. We're very, very truthful with our children. We let them know everything that's going on, but they take cues from you on how to handle mm. it. Whoops. You know, like if you, <laughs> yeah, oh boy. Um, but if you feel like things are getting too dark, you know, maybe change the subject, do something lighthearted, do something fun, play a game. Oh my gosh. Play a game and just laugh at things. I think it's just a balance. It's a balancing act of making sure things are not all doom and gloom all the time, but also being truthful and not hiding things from your kids. You know, if they can see you laughing through hard, difficult times, then they'll have those, you know, they'll have that skill set to fall back on when they get older. And I mean, honestly, that's the only thing that gets me through anything is laughing about it. <laughs> you know, laughing with my friends about stuff like those gut, like gut belly laughs. Yep. You know, those get you through and, the, and every single thing kids do. It's so funny to me. It's like on this level of, oh my gosh, that's the funniest thing I've ever heard in my life <laughs> or seen or, you know, it's just back to basics. Because they feel things so completely. Yeah. They feel it so completely. Yes. Yeah. And honestly, there's no caring about reactions and all that. They just, they just live, you know, and it's wonderful. Great. Find the joy. Find the joy during these hard times and make sure you find that balance. Cody. Mm -hmm. Oh, Cody Lindquist. God, I love you. (laughs) Can we just keep going? Guys, why didn't we work (gasps) at Tommy Hilfiger together? I mean, (sighs) the three of us and Beyonce. (laughs) Dream team. Cody, thank you for being here. Please come back again and hang out with us sometime. I'd love. I'd love to. Just even hang out. For sure. Feel like you're the martyr in your family? You're not alone. Hey, this is Joanne. And Brie. And we're from the No Guilt Mom podcast. Brie, we talk to a lot of moms. Yeah, we sure do. And if you're a mom who has a to-do list that is so massive that you get overwhelmed and you shut down. Or if you fall into the habit of doing everything for everyone and don't know how to change it, we can help you become a No Guilt Mom. We're going to take you from family martyr to family model. That's role model so that you role model the behavior that you want to see out of your kids. You're going to go from being tired and overwhelmed to energized and guilt-free. Every week, you'll get actionable strategies that you can implement right away from the experts that we interview and from us. We also have a whole lot of fun. So check out the No Get Mom podcast everywhere you listen to your favorite shows. I'm Margaret. And I'm Amy. And together we host the podcast, What Fresh Hell?, laughing in the face of motherhood. Margaret, I would say you're sort of a where are my keys kind of mom. Correct. Sometimes a where are my kids kind of mom. (laughs) Well, you're Amy more of a we were supposed to leave 35 seconds ago, mom. I mean, touche. In each episode of What Fresh Hell, we come at a topic from our usually completely opposite perspectives. I bring the research. And I bring kind of the gimlet eye. Like, is that research really going to work, people? And almost 10 million downloads later, we're still laughing. We also talk to experts in the parenting field, plus parents with stories we can all learn from. We make each other laugh, we challenge each other's assumptions, and we have what we think is the best parenting community on the internet. Check out What Fresh Hell? Laughing in the Face of Motherhood wherever you listen to podcasts. 
Hey, everybody, we're back on Toddler Purgatory, and we just talked to two of our friends, Cody Lindquist and Kate Zelensky, about how bringing humor into their life, into their home, into their family can be so helpful with keeping perspective, but also can be a little tough when you're a person who does comedy for a living <laughs> and you have uh, self-deprecating or sarcastic humor and kids don't get that. They yet. don't get it. They don't get it. Oh, what fun. Molly, you got some funny friends. Hey, they're your friends, Dad, too. I know. Thank you. <laughs> oh, my God, Blair, stop stealing my friends. <laughs> yeah, they're great. And I'm really glad we had a chance to talk to two comedians who are really in the depths of motherhood, just like us, because, you know, some of my takeaways were I completely agree that sometimes you have to kind of just take a step back and see yourself with a sense of humor. First, turn that sense of humor, Ray, on yourself and... <laughs> Yeah, and keeping that perspective, there's an article in the Washington Post from kind of a while ago, but it's called How Families Share a Sense of Humor. And one of the people they spoke to said her philosophy on raising children with a sense of humor is simple. If you know you're going to laugh about something 10 years later, why not laugh about it now? <laughs> Which I love because I always think to myself, what are you going to remember in 10 years? You know, but as a counterpoint to that, in the same article, Nadine Block, executive director of the educational nonprofit Center for Effective Discipline, cautioned parents not to get too giggly. Mm. She says, yeah, no disciplinary tool works all the time and can be overused. Sometimes humor is an effective tool. So just be careful that you don't kind of overdo it because then maybe the things that are serious might get, you know brushed under the table, so to speak. We don't have that problem in my house. <laughs> <laughs> and also, because, just because we interviewed two professional comedians and Blair and I, sometimes funny on TV for a living, <laughs> don't feel like you have to be like a naturally hilarious person. Yes, absolutely. Don Nelson is an executive secretary of the International Society for Humor Studies, which is, I know. What? Yes. Yes. And he says you can have a, an appreciation for humor without being able to tell a joke. Many humor researchers have a great sense of humor analysis, but we're really bad about telling jokes at our conferences. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like my husband. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I feel like your husband, Bill, would, does have a good appreciation for humor. He married a hilarious person. And so he doesn't necessarily have to know how to tell a joke. He says, a sense of humor more than anything else is dependent on a frame of mind. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I think that's what this is about, isn't it? Like having a good frame of mind about things, not taking anything too seriously and try not to overuse the humor in your household, which I'm sure I've been guilty of. Yeah, me too. But it's also like, it's also, here's the thing about funny people. It is sometimes like our, what do you call it? Like your, your cloak of protection. Oh, of course. Right. So I've yeah. always because it was a thing like when I was moving around so much as a kid, I was like, I can either be a dud right now or I can try to make somebody laugh so I can make friends because I got 2.5 years to do it. And then I'm out, you know, so it was like so it's it can sometimes be my thing that I fall on or fall back on. And that shows my insecurities. But yes, I mean, too, I'm hearing this and, go, and nodding vigorously because I'm like, <laughs> It's our strength and our weakness, you know, like, yeah, and just finding the balance between that. And I think that's another thing, a takeaway from this conversations with Kate and Cody was to kind of know your audience, too. So we're coming into this not only with our all our years of experience in 
social behavior, in socializing, in knowing other people, in observing, in learning, but also with our deep set weaknesses and strengths. And so we come at our humor comes from there, too. So just like Kate was saying about, you know, her daughter telling a joke in the back and Kate thought it would be a funny bit to do the callback to. I don't get it. And her daughter didn't understand that because her daughter's five. And I have done that a hundred times. Kate, if you're listening, I have done that a hundred times yesterday. I mean, so many. So then you kind of backpedal and soften it and just remember your audience, remember your audience a little bit, but using humor as one of the tools in your tool belt is a great thing to have. It's also for me, like, <laughs> this is like where my ego just like takes over my motherhood, my mother brain, where it's like, because I consider myself to be the funny one in the family, when my <laughs> kids aren't funny, I take responsibility of that. And I'm like, okay, let's rework this. Okay, this actually has to be funny because this you are bred from me. Okay, so this needs to be. <laughs> You need to tell this joke right, my friend. Oh, that is so funny. Isn't that such a funny thing about parenthood anyway? Is totally. that it is so hard to not see our children as a reflection of ourselves. And if a sense of humor and being funny is valued in your house, like I don't and they're not that. Oh, we got to go back to the drawing board, everybody back to the writer's room. Like, I don't even care. Like if you like dress yourself funky or anything, it's like. But we need to tell jokes correctly. And if we're going to be funny, we're going to be funny. <laughs> <laughs> Gosh, no pressure. No pressure, five-year-olds. No pressure. No pressure at all. Well, like we said, kids are so naturally funny. And you know what? I hate to say this, Blair. You're not going to like this. They're, pro they're probably funnier than us. Okay, there. I said it. You know what? I accept it. I accept it. And you know what? Actually, Molly, I will hand that torch over <laughs> because sometimes I just need a break yeah. to be bringing all the joy and light to everyone. It's nice to have a good cackle with somebody else or at somebody else, you know? Yes, absolutely. Oh. You tell you tell a joke, kid. Take it. Take the wheel. Oh, I love kid jokes. I have to tell you, though, my son is pretty good at a couple of them. He's really starting to get it. Sometimes it's just in his delivery, but sometimes it's... His timing is so funny. How do they know? It's because he's got you and David. Because he, he's got you and David. You guys, I think, listen, they mimic what they see. You know what I mean? He may not even know that he's like being funny, but he's just like copying what you two are doing. And you two are like joke tellers. Well, thank you so much. I don't know if I, most of the jokes I know, know now are from the book, Funny Jokes for Five-Year-Olds. <laughs> I don't mean like literal jokes. <laughs> Not like you, you and David just like firing away like <laughs> jokes at each other. I mean like, you know, like you're just like naturally funny. Like even in your like banter with each other, it's just like funny. I can't like, I'm pretty sure like D-Man is just like, oh man, I am so lucky. <laughs> well, here, The world is not ready for the humor I'm bred from. Here is a crazy thing about that article in the Washington Post, which we'll link in the show notes. Mm. This, that's essentially what it was about was like, essentially, is humor nature or nurture? And they did this study. Five researchers in Britain set out to determine just that, whether nature or nurture played a bigger role in development of a sense of humor. Their finding was essentially the shared environment rather than genetic factors, explains the familial aggregation of humor appreciation. Such scientists talk as assessed by the specific cognitive type. Of, so they use like um, far side cartoons. OK. And they compared 127 pairs of twins aged 20 to 75. 
and to conduct their experiment, some twins, 71 pairs, were genetically identical. The rest were fraternal or non-identical. They separated the pairs and give each of them five cartoons. They had to rate the cartoons from zero, or a waste of paper, to ten. One of the funniest <laughs> cartoons they had ever seen. Wow, that's harsh. Yes, yes. And apparently the guy chose Farsight because Gary Larson is sort of polarizing. Like, either you love Farsight or you do not get it. 100%. Yes. It says, when results were tabulated, the researchers deduced that twin pairs showed considerable similarity in their responses to the cartoons. However, identical twins, those who share the exact same genes, were no more likely to have a similar sense of humor than fraternal twins. Mm, Interesting. This suggests that upbringing is important. And then they talk to other people who are like, uh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, people are like, (laughs) they're like, ah, duh. (laughs) Which is, you did all that? Okay, cool. (laughs) (laughs) So it is It said that children learn through laughter If mom and dad want to teach the kids Not to be rowdy during mealtime Then mom and dad will excitedly have You know, be silly and make it, you know And fun or whatever And they can That's going to be your kid's sense of humor For instance Yeah Which is key A sense of humor Mm -hmm. in this world is so necessary And I'm just like I thank the humor gods for my humor But just because Next to my Kids being empathetic beings, I just want them to have a sense of humor because life can throw some unfunny bones, some stuff at you. (laughs) Yeah. And the more you can have that, yeah, that ability to step back and go, wait a minute, this is, this is crap. What is happening right now? Um, (laughs) This is stupid. (laughs) Or that. Yeah, exactly. Listen, speaking of humor, Man, we are so grateful to our listeners, and we love it when we get to hear from you. Feel free to, I think you could put a comment on toddlerpurgatory.com or the What Fresh Hell Facebook page is super active and fun. What Fresh Hell is our parent podcast, so to speak. (laughs) See, that's called just nailing the bit. Nailing it. Nailing it. See that? (laughs) I'm clearly a professional. Please, somebody let me sleep. (laughs) Thank you for being here. We will see you next time. Take it easy. Real truth alert. Pregnancy, birth, and having a baby isn't all sunshine and rainbows. I wish it were, but the reality is that many people struggle and suffer through this time without the right help or even knowing what they're dealing with. I'm perinatal psychologist, Dr. Katayun Kayani, also known as Dr. Kat. My podcast, Mom and Mind, aims to shine a light on the difficult reality that so many hopeful and new parents experience and raise the volume on how we can better support mental health, which is a big part of our overall health. Episodes include personal stories from people who have healed through things like pregnancy and postpartum anxiety, depression, PTSD, and so much more. I also talk with specialists and experts who explain and educate on these conditions. All of this to support parents to know that they are not alone, that healing is possible, and there are resources that can help you today. Listen into Mom and Mind and walk with me through the world of perinatal mental health. No one told us the truth about parenthood. Why? This is the podcast everyone needed before they had kids because now that those little ones are here, there is a lot to unpack. I'm Rachel Shepardota, and I am your host for the podcast, No One Told Us, where we tell the truth about parenting and let you in on all the stuff you really should have known about before having kids. 
I am the founder of Hey Sleepy Baby, but this podcast is so much more than sleep. We'll be diving into all the topics that you really care about and need to know while you do your best job raising those adorable, tidy humans. Our goal is to just make you feel less alone and less overwhelmed. There are so many things that no one tells us before becoming a parent, and I think that we should really pull back the curtain on becoming a first-time or second-time mom or dad to share the good, the bad, and the ugly. We'll have a little education, a little fun, and a whole lot of heart that goes into each and every episode. So join me and our amazing guests each week to hear us talk about what no one told us 